This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. And you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Welcome to the Blue Monday podcast covering Ipswich Town since 2015. I'm Richard Woodward and joining me for an interview special, a football manager slash coach for Ipswich Town FC women with over 50 competitive games under his belt with a win percentage of 78 and a goal difference of plus 160. Joe Sheehan, welcome to the Blue Monday podcast. Those are some impressive stats you've got there and hoping for better this year, I'm sure. Happy New Year to you, by the way. Yeah, thanks, Rich. Um, happy New Year to you and thanks for having me on and uh, looking forward to uh, having a good old chat, all things uh, Ipswich Town Women. Yeah, I mean, it's been a, a cracking year. Um, I, I was looking at the stats that um, Kieran posted on the club Twitter. Um, 22 games, 19 of those wins, 63 goals scored, 17 clean sheets. Um, there's so much to talk about. Um, I guess first off, Probably need, I'll start with the disappointing bit and then we can just focus on all the positive because the season had been going fantastically well, hadn't it? The last match before Christmas, obviously a bit of disappointment, disappointment away at Oxford. Um, everyone kind of kind of brushed themselves down, dust themselves off and ready to go again after after that one. Yeah, I think um, obviously it was disappointing to get beat after such a, a great year for us. And, and yeah, I think... You know, whilst we know losing is part of the game, and usually you get an opportunity to get your team back in the day or the day after and, and prepare for another fixture, and we wasn't able to do that, which made it quite an unusual feeling, I think, because it was, as I say, disappointing to lose, and we almost round off the game and, and the day by saying, you know, bye to people for a couple of weeks. Um and then that's what makes it quite unusual, as I say, and quite um, disappointing in some ways, because I'm sure, like myself, many of the other staff and players would have gone away over Christmas and kind of stewed on the game and, and not been able to do anything about it other than, as I say, feel the disappointment um, and analyse performance and, I, I guess, take some positives away if, if they felt there were any. Um, 
and, and try and put them right going into the new year. So, yeah, an odd feeling. Um, but as I say, that's uh, we've done all our reflections. We've analysed the game and we'll now kind of um, try and uh, implement some things that we, we think we need to improve on and reflect with the players when we next see them. Uh, to hopefully start at 2022 in a, a real positive way. So, yeah, we, we, we had two weeks off after the fixture and and now we're looking forward to getting back into the swing of things again. Yeah, I I, I, I didn't want to mention it too much, but because last year, last calendar year was so positive, wasn't it? And I guess the thought that went through my mind as someone who's following the team more, more, more and more closely is I... I'm sure none of you kind of expected that success, that relentless success that you've had since promotion and, and maybe tasting defeat earlier. I don't know how, how that would have felt psychologically, but but this one, it's probably really easy to remember that and then forget a few weeks ago, Southampton away, 2-0, you know. I, I guess you, you have to reflect on such a, a massive amount of success in such a quick time and learn from that and, and move on, don't you? Yeah, I think the you know part of football is like I said, you know, you win and you lose, um, and you usually get an opportunity to um, move on from your defeats, um, usually over a shorter period. But I think one thing that I guess we were disappointed with is that we didn't we didn't play particularly great. Um, we we collectively made some unforced errors, which had cost us. Um, we conceded goals at crucial times, and and we wasn't able to get back into the game. Um, like we would have hoped. So I think following some conversations with some players and some staff after the game, I think it's it's one of those that you, you get beat and you can really be critical and, and look into it a lot. Um, and as much as I would like to say that we, I tried not to do that, I do end up um, absolutely analysing the hell out of it um, in many ways. But I think one of the things I was trying to be conscious of is that, like you said, had we for example, lost earlier on in the season and maybe drew another game um, and then ended up beating Oxford, we would have all probably felt a lot better than we did after the game, but have may not been in a better shape. So I think it's important to look at the bigger picture, to have a really fair balance on the game, where we're at um, and how we've got on as a whole across this season and the year, to know that we're, we're in good shape um, we're in a good position, but as I say, we, we, we've got lots of improving to do and we'll hope we can do that to to start strong again and, and have a, a real positive 14 games um, to see if we can finish as high as we can. Yeah, think of it as a, another season maybe and, um, and yeah, kind of leave the end of last year behind. Uh, worth mentioning as well, I mean, we are February 2022 is not too far away. That would mark three years for you in the job as kind of um, first team manager, what what would you say your title is? By the way, is it is it head coach, first team manager? What what would you what would you gaffer? I can have lots. Um, you're I, still I, doing I, under twenty one coaching, well, aren't you? Yeah. So prior to um, taking on the role as the women's manager, I was the head coach of the academy team. What we've slightly changed this year is Charlie, who assists me, has kind of taken the lead on that team from a coaching perspective. And I kind of academy managed the, the pathway as a whole, um, as well as manage the senior team. So I still do lots of the delivery um, in, in terms of coaching with the seniors. And I tend to assist Charlie with the young ones and will sometimes take a lead on that as well. So, yeah, as for my title, I don't, I don't really know. I'm not, I'm not, not really one for, I don't, know, I don't know really, head coach, manager. 
uh, print shirts at times, book referees and pay for coaches. So bit bit of everything really. Jack of all trades. Yeah. And has how's that three years been for you? Is that has that flown by? Is that um has that been a steep learning curve at times? How how have you found it? It feels longer because I've been at the club uh, just over four. So I've I've had pretty much most of the players for over four years, but as I say, only been with the senior team for three years. And yeah, it's gone pretty quick. I think um when we look at it as a whole, we've we've made great progress. You know, from from when I first started, the senior team was was loosely connected to the football club. Didn't really train at the training ground. I think there was a session at Portman Road used to take place, um, and yeah, you know, it was old kit, training kit wise, um, and just trying to pick up any second hand bits in, in some ways. Um, pretty much all voluntary staff. I didn't, I didn't get paid to do the senior team for the first 18 months. Um, so, yeah, we've made massive strides now where we've so we've got contracted players, we've got more staff to get paid. We've still got some voluntary staff that we want to help out um, moving forwards. Um, overnight travel to, to long away fixtures. Um, all of our sessions take place at the men's training ground, at the club's training ground, I should say, because we're all there. Um, and, and yeah, it's, there's, there's been lots of progress, um, but still lots more to be to be done. And, and that's the exciting thing for sure. I was going to say, it's, it feels like a, I've spoken to Kieran about this, that um, media guy for those unaware of Kieran's role. I'm not talking McKenna. Um, and, and it feels like there's a journey here. And, and we've talked a lot about True Blue, getting more and more people down to Felixstone Walton to watch the girls. But it just feels like there's a trajectory, a positive trajectory. And, and I guess I've spoken to Sophie Peskett now, I've spoken to Laffy, who we sponsor here on the pod. And I asked them kind of what, um, who sets the direction. Do you feel the responsibility to, to set that? Have you got a vision? Have you got a three-year plan, a five-year plan, Joe, that you can share with us? Yeah, I think when I, when I came in and, you know, just over four years ago, um, the club had launched something that was um, that was an, an FA initiative, and the club rewarded a partnership to work with the FA to try and give opportunity for players post sixteen um, and an opportunity to continue their development because there wasn't something in the area that was on the elite pathway. So there was a huge catchment area, a big pool of players that were having to relocate really across the country to try and continue their elite football development, um, working with their studies, their, their, their college, their A-levels, their B-tech, their um, degrees. So when the, when the club rewarded the partnership and, and I was brought in to lead, so when the club were awarded the initiative and when I was brought in to lead that, it was kind of a, a fresh slate and you know my conversations with the club back then were around what we could try and do over the next sort of five years was the first plan was to try and develop a really strong academy team that could potentially help players transition into a senior team that we could try and take as hard the pyramid as possible. So that was really the remit was to, was to try and facilitate that. I think we've, we've kind of ticked that over the last four years and, and now we're trying to take the first team to, to the professional leagues with, into the women's championship um, but I think that, that what makes the vision so exciting is that we we were set up ultimately as a football club to give opportunity to players in our region. 
And that's something we've tried to hold on to over the last four years, even going into our senior team, that we want to try and get as high as we can get with what we've got in our region. Um, and that, that makes it quite special and, and quite unique um, because you've only got to look at you know the, the, the top level now. Um, clubs bringing in players from Sweden, from Spain, from Germany, from America, um, from Norway. And, and we want to try and develop and, and give opportunity to players that are homegrown. So that's what makes it quite special. I think that's what we've all bought into. Um, and I think that's that's something the players are striving for. That It almost feels like that what we've said since day one is that we are giving them an opportunity to create their own journey to the top because there might not be opportunity at other clubs because of how difficult it is. And, and the average age of, of a women's Super League now, player now, I think it's about 25, 26. So when we've got players at 16, from 16 to sort of 19, 20, you know, you, you're still on average seven, eight years away from, from playing at that top division. Obviously, there are cases of players being in that, that league are a lot younger. So we want to try and be unique. We want to try and operate differently. We want to try and, as I say, um, progress as high as we can with with sort of players from our region where possible. Um, and that, that will be extremely challenging, but but one we're really excited by. And um, we'll see if we can achieve that. Oh, and one that folks from around this part of the world will be very can buy into and and get behind as well, which is which is what we want too. I mean, very quickly, um, are, are you are you originally from this part of the world? Are you born and bred kind of Suffolk Essex way? And and do you kind of buy into that regional focus as well? Because this is home for you. Yeah, I was Dagenham, um, so very much brought up in that part of Essex, East London, depending on what you think. Um, and, and yeah, I'd, I'd done a bit of work in Colchester, um, so I'm familiar with players that we've developed in this region from sort of work in Colchester. Um, and, and yeah, I'd moved to Ipswich, sorry, I'd moved to Colchester where I live currently um, a couple of years ago. And as I say, yeah, very much bought into that's what that's what we feel, that's what we want to achieve. Um, and even if you look at the experienced players that we brought in this year. Um, Sarah Quantrill's from East Anglia. Bonnie lives in um, in Colchester. Olivia Smith's Upminster. So we, we've we kind of still stuck to that, um, which is great. And I think that's why we recruit so well at younger age groups as well, because players know that you can live in Cambridge, you can live in Bedfordshire, you can live in Norfolk, and, and you can you you know that you've got a club that will will commit to you. Um, and, and they can put their trust in us to help develop them and give them opportunity to try and pro- progress with their careers. And yeah, that, that's what we do and, and that's what we've committed to and, and that's what we want to keep doing. And, and hopefully it will give lots of aspiring footballers in Suffolk and, and the um, surrounding areas um, an opportunity to kind of strive to be part of what we're doing and, and give them a long-term future as well. Brilliant. Yeah, pathways and yeah, and a future. That's, that's- Brilliant. Um, talking pathways, what was your pathway into coaching for you? I kind of left college at um, 17, 18 and had done a level one or level two coaching qualification at college and wasn't, wasn't really sure where I was going, to be totally honest. Um, and ended up doing sort of the odd hour here or there in schools um, and developed a, a, quite a successful business with that. So primarily in education, um, 
and ended up working part-time at um, Essex County FA, held a, a Centre of Excellence licence, one of only a couple County FAs that ran one many years ago. So I'd led the eldest age group um, at Essex, which was based in Colchester, and a lot of a lot of our players had come through that pathway because um, that, that Centre of Excellence had took the licence from Ipswich many years ago. So that was kind of my journey to Ipswich was primarily education, part-time work at Essex in, in the Centre of Excellence and then crossed over to Ipswich where a lot of our players have continued to come from. So, yeah, that's kind of my background. And am I right that you've got UEFA badges now as well? Have you kind of kept that learning development going yourself as well? Yeah, so, yeah, level one, level two, UEFA B um, and, and UEFA A licence. So, yeah, continue to sort of improve every single year and, and being part of courses that are available and uh, I've ticked those off, yeah. That's great. Yeah, because what you're, as I said, we met, we've spoken to, to Sophie, we've spoken to Laffy and, and now hearing it from you, it just feels like there is this ambition for everyone to grow together. You said the kind of age range that everyone's got um, and, and uh, that familiarity, that understanding, how important is that for you as kind of the head coach is, 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 building that community feel and that and that, um, that family feeling around the club as well. Because you've got people from further afield. We've, we've talked about, you know, local um, talent, but, you know, Laffy's from Hertfordshire, for example, and and making those people move over and feeling part of something. Is that, that feels like it's important for you as well? Yeah, it is. And as I say, we've got lots of players that want to have a career in the game. And um, we know, like I said at the start, we can provide opportunity for them to do that. Um, and, and try and help develop them to have successful careers in a game, whether that be us or elsewhere. And I think what is important is that, like you said there, that, that continuity and, that, and the familiarity is really important. Um, and even, you know, coming off the back of the Oxford defeat, you know, we've still, still got so many things we need to be better at. And, you know, we, we've had this group really for a, a good four years, most of them. And even after four years, there's things that we still want to improve at. So I think that continuity, as you said, is really important because, you know, whilst many ways football is such a simple game, there are so many different complex moments in it that we want to help develop players um, from all aspects. So it's, it's a long project. Um, there's always things to improve on. Um, the game's forever evolving. And it takes time and we want to ensure that we give a platform and we don't leave any stones unturned with these young players because you know we want to help fulfil ambitions um, for them and for us as a football club. So, yeah, it's a long process, but we are hoping that that, that core group, that, that continuity, as you say, and consistency with staff as well, that, that there can be something that that proves really successful long-term because of just how powerful the group are together because of what they've experienced um, what they've been through and what they've developed. So hopefully over, over many years that, that that core will continue to stick with each other um, and, and we'll be a really strong team um, in, in whatever division we can progress to because of, say, that, that consistency and, and that continuity that they've had. It feels like a kind of the women's version of Man United's class of 92. I don't know if it's the, the class of nine, 2019 or whatever it is, but it feels like that group growing through together and coming through together um, is really powerful. I guess bringing things more up to date, half a season now at Southern Premier Division level, 
Um, we talked about that continuity. We, are you surprised, I guess pleasantly surprised, that you find yourself top of the league? Were you expecting it to be that straightforward? Um, I, I actually felt if we were able to go on and win Tier 4, um, I actually felt we would carry that momentum and have a really strong start. Obviously, when it became evident that the league wasn't going to continue, albeit we were awarded excuse me, up, upward movement, um, I kind of felt, ah, that's annoying because I was quite like a group to have experienced winning something and, and taking that forward. So I think what we have been aware of is that from from playing teams in this division, um, in, in friendly fixtures, in, in cup competitions previous, we knew that um, we knew that we could compete and we knew that it, it, there was nothing for us to fear. Um but we, we never, I don't know, we hadn't really thought about it. I hadn't really sat down, what, August and felt, um, you know, when we get to this date, we could be in this position. I'll be honest and say that I, I did sit in the canteen at the training ground the day the fixtures come out and felt that we could win our opening 10. Um, I did feel that. I looked at them, at the 10, the first 10 and, and, and thought, we, we can win those. I, did, I, didn't, I don't think I told the players that, but certainly with staff, I thought we, we can win the opening 10 games here. Um, obviously, we went on to do 11 um, in, in the league, so that, that's that's good in, in some ways. Um, but, yeah, we, we never really... I don't think I ever really look at a league table and look at the fixtures coming up and think, oh, if we can win that or pick up a draw there. I, I think we kind of just uh, plan our week, coming on Tuesday, um, and we just get after it. We try and prepare for the game. We we've got a very clear schedule. Um, there's consistency in our work over the course of the week. Tuesdays look the same. Uh, Thursdays look the same. Our Fridays look exactly the same. Um, and, and the only difference is, is is what we decide to do, and depending on what we've got available and what our opposition look like. Um, but there's good consistency in our work, and we take each game as it comes. We try and play as best as we can. And I think one thing I think is good about us as a staff is that we we look past the result in, in many ways. Um, because there are there are teams in our league that haven't um, been that competitive against us. Um, and we've had some comfortable results without actually having to really stretch ourselves. So sometimes they can be really difficult because there's a good feel good around supporters and how many goals we've scored, but we, we try and look past that and, and we'll try and be critical in our analysis because we know that it doesn't always give us a clear indication of, of performance or, or our level. So we take one game at a time. We try and play as best as we can. Um, but as I say, we, we, we're very critical with, with what we think is is a good performance um, because we know, you say, there's there's some really really challenging games in our league, and we want to make sure that, that we're clear on what our best can potentially look like. Because um, that, that that those type of performances are going to be important to beat in the most challenging teams in our division. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with Talksport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, 
protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash blue monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with Mook Delivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. You're you're setting a bar, aren't you? And you have to set that that bar very high. But um do you do you find that's, that's sometimes a struggle or um is it just part of your your nature that you know p- pursuing perfection if it exists is kind of part of the thinking? Yeah, I think so. And you know, we had a call today with staff uh, and we kind of touched base on Oxford game and, and preparing for next week. And I, I I do have a very clear idea of what I think I can visualise what I think is good for, for us um, and almost how the game could potentially pan out and, and how we potentially win the game. So when I understand what that kind of looks like and I'm clear on that, Obviously, we, we have to try and articulate that across the players. Sure. And we do that in many ways in, in how we animate our, our game, in how we film our sessions, in how we try and create pictures and scenarios that we think we can expect. So we, we, we kind of try and prep players for what the game's going to look like um, and how we're going to exploit and, and try and win the game. And if it doesn't look how we potentially prepped or visualised visualise it and it looks a bit scrappy, um, then it's an issue in, in some ways. And, and and I think that, that there are lots of factors which can, I guess, be unhelpful in, in some ways. And, and that, that might be uh, the weather, it might be the pitch, um, it might be opposition not doing what we might expect. Um, and and then that, that's where as a, an absolute fundamental, we want to ensure that we work really hard. Um, we want to make sure that we compete and we want to make sure that we have great resilience, great courage, great character to, to kind of grind out results where necessary. And I just think on on, on many occasions we've, we've been that, but actually we're capable of, of blowing teams away in, in many cases and we've not always been able to do that. So... Yeah, I think we, we try and prepare the team as best as we can um, with, with, with clear guidance on, on what we kind of expect. And I think what is 
positive but also frustrating in many ways is that we show glimpses of what I can kind of visualise, um, but we're not consistent enough. Um, and as I say, I've already discussed why that might be in, in terms of pitch, weather, opposition. Momentum's a huge one for us and, and understanding how we maintain control um, in understanding how we shift it when we haven't got it. And we're still learning those things as well with, with a very young group. You know, we're still learning how to be really mature in our play and our decision-making. Because there are glimpses of, of what we perceive to be really, really good. Um, and we just have to try and harness that and build on that and, and get it more regular. And, and that's, our, that's our aim, I think, to try and... Um, to try and be consistently good at the things that we are capable of doing. I, I think only probably Plymouth away was the game where I come away thinking that was that was a really good account of ourselves. It was, it was a strong performance. There was lots of really good bits. It was consistent and it was over a long, a long period of time and we managed to play what I thought was a really good game and, and win, win really well. And, and we want to try and do that more often. Um, and that's that's our biggest challenge. Um, but we also appreciate, like I said, that it's a young group. It's still growing. It's still learning. Um, and and yeah, we're getting there. And, and hopefully that we can continue to develop it um, and have, a, as I say, a really strong end to the season. It's really interesting how you've got. I'm from a corporate kind of background and I'm used to KPIs measures of success and it's really interesting in the football world to hear that you, your kind of KPIs are both kind of subjective things and objective things you know there's things I can see a scoreline or I can see possession but I can also see shape or I can see what the opposite it's really fascinating to hear that from from your perspective and it's something as a football fan that sometimes we kind of un underestimate really is going pro a big factor for you in, in being able to do more of that kind of thinking has that helped you in the last the, you've got 10 pros isn't it yeah yeah um not really i mean we've to, to be honest since i've been at the football club we've always had access to a lot of um i guess technology footage um pitch um stats we kind of do ourselves now um I kind of clip and code a lot of it myself at the, at the end of the game on the sunday so we have that going into next week and we send it out to players um, so yeah, we, 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 have that, we've had that a long time. We have that, we have that now. And I wouldn't say that having players under contract has helped us do those things because I think even if we didn't, we would still do that anyway. Yeah. I think it's, sorry, it was more that you've now got professionals who have the bandwidth to, to think about the things that you're thinking about. Whereas before, if everyone was part-time, you know, and I know there are still part-time players in the squad as well. Um, but there's a little bit more thinking time and time to um, process some of the information that you're giving them. Is that a difference? Is that a positive difference you're saying? Yeah, it, it is in many ways. And, you know, we still have to be very adaptable because I so said, we've still got players that work full time away sure. from us. So it's how we, it's how we get the, the messages across to players that are able to spend a lot more time on looking at footage or having those conversations with us as staff about, things that have gone well, things that we want to be better, but also how we transfer same information across the players that, I say, are working a lot more often. So, yeah, I think that the, the players that um, I use, obviously, Laffy as an example, and, and, and Sophie, who, who live together in Ipswich, 
you know, the opportunity that they've got, albeit I know Sophie's injured now, but the opportunity that they've got to um, spend a lot more time evaluating their game, being very self-aware of where they're at and, and what they need to be better at, I think has certainly been helpful that we've been able to help increase our contact time as, as well as pay them um, because it then means that they, they, they could not do things, I guess, that they might need to um, because they're, they're getting paid some money. So, yeah, it, it certainly helped in many ways for the, for the ones that have signed contracts, I, I would say. Yeah. And then you've, and it's worth mentioning as well that the signings that were made in the summer, you mentioned the three of them there. I kind of think someone like Bonnie Horwood, who's it just it feels to me she's played, was she played in the top tier, possibly? Definitely second tier, I think. But that level of experience as well, using her as, as kind of someone that people can see as an example as well, that must be important as well. Same with, you know, Olivia, you mentioned, and Sarah, even in goal as well, just three signings of, of, kind of complemented what you've already got but brought that level of experience that people can look at as well yeah and and their experience has been huge for us because as I say um Bonnie's Bonnie's played at the top level Sarah's played at the top level and Sarah's played in FA Cup final um Olivia Smith's played in a major competition for England uh, I think under 19s um so huge experience between the three of them um, which I think has been a huge, huge plus for us this year is that we've been able to bring in that kind of experience and their kind of quality to help um, almost accelerate in some ways the development of the younger players around them as well because, as I say, players are able to see that these players have played at a high level, played at a top level, um, and, and they're, they're here now to help us continue growing. Um, and, and they've been great signings for us for sure. Yeah, Bonnie's the metronome, isn't she? In midfield, she just sets the direction, and you can. It's, yeah, I, I, she's a level above a, a lot of the teams that you seem to come up against. Uh, she's definitely stick, stuck out for me. Um, thinking about kind of the next steps and continuing that journey that we talked about, that continuity, that pathway. What's what's the good end of the season for you? I, I don't want to put you on the spot and say promotion because that's an obvious thing to say. So, come the end of the season, ignoring the league table status, what what is it for you that would be Good. Yeah, there's, there's probably a few things really. I think um, from from my perspective, in terms of performance, he's, he's just trying to um, work out how I can, like I said earlier, how I can help accelerate our learning, our development for high performance. Because you know, I'm not I'm not always easily pleased and. Um, it's just working out. We, we know there's huge potential in the group, but we we want to be better. We want to play better. And I, I, I still look at the 17 games we've played in total now, and I still only really see one or two good performances. And, and that might seem utterly ridiculous considering the kind of form we're in, but that, that's just how I see it from a subjective perspective. Um, we have lots of stats which in some ways support that, um, but in other ways, show some some really positive bits. So, first and foremost, it's just working out what what can I do with my staff to help us improve and almost play to the level that I think we are capable of. That I think um, causes huge problems in our division for the, for our opponents if we can get that right. Because I still don't think we've shown our best. Um, so that that's that. Um, 
I think the second one is continue to improve um, the infrastructure that we have with staff, you know, more paid staff, more contact with staff, uh, more full-time staff, improving our medical provision, improving our sports science, um, improving our technical delivery and then the support team that, that do that um, for, from an infrastructure perspective. Um, and then the third one is probably to help grow what we're doing across the club as a whole commercially um, because, you know, we have a we have a great fan base, but we want it to continue building and we want people to buy into what we're trying to achieve because it, it is so exciting. And, and I honestly believe, and I've said this before, that in my opinion, never again will a, a group of players, 80% of the group, been playing together since they were 13, 14 years of age, go from that to an academy team, to a senior team, from tier four, three, potentially championship. That's fairy tale for me. I don't think that will ever be done again. And for people to almost be aware of that um, and be part of that to see if that can be achieved is exciting. And and we have, like I said, we have a fantastic fan base and we want I want to help that grow I want to help the commercial team at the football club to help growing that because it, it can be so exciting um, and then probably the final one really is, is just to ensure that there will be um, we, we, we're looking at how, how we continue to develop our 10 to 16 program and we have an ACC currently um, I think the FA looking at a potential restructure either this year or next year to what that kind of emerging talent looks like. And we want to improve our emerging talent from 10 to 16. We want to make sure that we can continue to have players that come through in our region that, that go into our academy team and our senior team um, because we want to we want to have more players that come through our football club from the age of 10 upwards. So I think those four things are probably... Um, yeah, at the end of the season, if, if, we, if we've managed to do all those those four things, I think I'll, I'll be pretty happy. Yeah, and as you say, I mean, as someone who's started watching the team only the last few months, um, you buy into it, you do buy into it. I'm shocked that there aren't 2,000 people down at Felixstowe, and it feels like, you know, we've got a platform here, and obviously we sponsor Laffy, we're keen to get behind it. It does feel like there is something here that's growing that, it's kind of get in there now. You don't want to be one of those kind of armchair Ipswich Town women um, supporters who's got in late when it's, you know, you have to queue up around the block to get in. You need to get in and get your true blue now. Uh, that integration to the club, how important is that for you as well? Because is it an affiliation at the moment that you've got or is there anything you can do to evolve that or increase that integration more? Um, Portman Road is someone that comes up as well. Thoughts on that? Yeah, the, the, we are we are fully integrated. Um, you know, we're, we're based. You know, the full time staff are based at the training ground um, outside of COVID. We're, we're based there. We eat there with um, the men's staff. You know, I've had many of lunches with Paul Cook, with Paul Lambert, with Paul Hurst. Um, so we are fully integrated there. We've got um, uh, Page Peak works there. You know she's on she's on the men's first team staff as a as a, an analyst, someone who films training. Um, so she's there probably more often than me, actually. So there is full integration there. Okay. Um, and and the, like I said, we've 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 pr- progressed so quickly 
um, and that we're still catching up a little bit. You know, like I said, only two years ago that you know we were using old kit. We didn't really have equipment that was new. Um, everybody was voluntary. So the club as a whole is evolving. Um, and now under under Mark Ashton and, and the new owners, you know, it's it's evolving even more. And you know, we are we are we're still playing catch up anyway. Um, so yeah, fully supportive, fully integrated, um, and, and we're just still over time, and it is a slow process um, because there's always things that need doing anyway. Um, over slow process, we will continue to develop the infrastructure, the staff, um, to ensure that, say, it'll be a really exciting future for us and for women's football at the football club because it's made huge strides already. Um, and, and yeah, hopefully, you know, there will, I have spoke to Mark Ashton about the Portman Road game. Um, we, we have had those conversations. I think, you know, it's it's no secret that the pitch at the moment um, needs probably um, whatever the term is, redoing, redeveloping. Million quid's worth of money of spending, isn't it? Um, of it yeah. You've only got to look at the, the clubs that, that play, the women's clubs that play at our men's stadiums. I think the majority have Deso pitches. Um, which are, well, you played at uh, uh, OC Wimbledon, didn't you, play a few weeks ago? And that yeah. must have been... A, a kind of a bowling green in comparison. No, no disrespect, obviously, to Felix yeah. on different resources there. So that makes a difference too in terms of progression, surely. It, it does, yeah. Um, and it's great to play on those types of pitches because we think it's when we can be at our best. So we have spoke about a potential Portland Road game, but you know, if that comes up, great. It'd be a great experience. But I think certainly while the pitch um, is, is not probably what the club would like it to be, then and we, we will continue to play at Felix, though, which is a place we really enjoy playing at. You know, the players enjoy playing there. You know, our supporters enjoy being there. It's a great day out. Uh, my mum and dad certainly enjoy us being there. Um, it's, a, it's a good day out for them. Um, and, yeah, it suits us. I think sometimes I've watched women's football on TV at, at the Emirates or wherever with only six, 7,000, and it, it kind of loses loses something. Um, which I'm not quite sure what, but I think there's nothing better than a potential seven, eight hundred people at Felixstowe. That's really tight. It's a great atmosphere, um, and that served us really well. And we enjoy being there. So yeah, for the time being, we, we we're happy there. Um, so it's, it's a, it serves its purpose for us in a, in a really good way. It's everything we need, um, and, it, and it's a good day out. So yeah, we're happy with that for the time being, for sure. Yeah, you can't kick the advertising hoardings around Portman Road to generate an atmosphere. So until they sort that out, I'm very happy where we are at Felix Stonewall. Um, finally, um, let's look at kind of the short term in the near future. Um, Portsmouth on Sunday, uh, there's no COVID situation that we need to be worrying about there. Um, presumably everyone's um, staying healthy too. And obviously FA Cup, still in the FA Cup, Newcastle at the end of the month. Give us your thoughts on those two fixtures. Yeah, Portsmouth will be a good game for us. Um, a challenging opponent that we've faced a few times now. Um, as it stands, Suchwood, we're all in a, a good place COVID-wise. We're, we're all fit and we're all healthy and hopefully that will continue. Um, so, yeah, Portsmouth will be a challenging game. It'll be exciting. That They're a good team. Um, and so we were wounded from our last fixture. So we're going to have to show a bit of fight now to, to kind of... Uh, put things right and, and get back on track. So we're looking forward to hopefully doing that Sunday. And, and yeah, Newcastle coming up as well. I think I could have probably mentioned that in, in what I was look, looking for 
from now until the remainder of the season is a really good cup run because we've had some great experiences in that over the years. Yeah. So hopefully um, it'd be a great experience for us playing Newcastle because it's a team that we've never come across before. Um, a team that are doing really, really well themselves. So we'll have to be at our best to progress. Um, and, and yeah, hopefully we can do that. And and yeah, see who we get in the next round if we if we can win the game against Newcastle and, and progress as far as we can in that competition and experience and another potential really big team, hopefully at home this time. Yeah, man, get Man City back. That's what we want. Give them a yeah. bit of a, yeah, get some revenge. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I say Newcastle, yes. I mean, for the uninitiated, Newcastle um, tier below, I think, but in obviously the Northern a northern conference or a northern division there and yeah only one defeat all season and second in their league i think so they're going great guns so that'll be a that'll be a good game and i think one where the club are trying to do something with the sheffield wednesday match for the men's team on saturday and then it's not too you're halfway there basically by the time you need to get to newcastle on the sunday so fingers crossed for that um that's great joe thank you so much for for talking to us um as i say a point of massive pride for us what you're doing, what the what your coaching team and the girls are doing at the moment. Um, we wish you all the very best for the second half of the season. Hopefully some success to talk about and continue that pathway and that growth. And hopefully that includes spectators at Felix Down Walton as well. So all the best to you. Thanks for being on the pod. Thanks, Rich. Thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, thanks for your support. And um, hopefully we can have a, a good six months um, from now until the end of the season. TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24 7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there, offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.